Good morning, everyone. We are uh, joining the rest of the world right now on Facebook Live, and I'm going to pray for our service, and then uh, we'll have a song and a sermon, and I uh, just want everyone to know that uh, on the way out, again, there is uh, a communion uh, station out there if you want to pick things up on your way out to your vehicle or an offering plate out there that's available for you, but uh, let's pray for our service this morning. Father, again, we uh, are excited to be uh, in this place and to gather together, and Father, we ask that you will watch over those who are uh, at home watching, wherever they might be. Father, we ask that you would calm the fears of those who are concerned about uh, the situation that we are in. We ask, Father, that you would uh, draw us that are here together uh, together in spirit, Father, we ask a blessing on everything that takes place. We ask it in the name of our Savior Jesus.
Well, I want to say welcome to you that are here in the building and room. It's good to be back. I want to say welcome to those of you that are watching, perhaps at home right now on Facebook Live. I want to say welcome to the folks at Countryside Christian Church who are going to be uh, joining in on this as well. And uh, it's good to be here. I uh, don't know if you had this experience, but uh, it is unusual for us to be here. And uh, was even caught off guard in the fact that we would be here. Governor Kim Reynolds kind of made the announcement, and uh, we kind of looked around, scrambled a little bit, and said, "Well, then let's do this. Let's get let's get in the church and uh, let's uh, practice uh, social distancing. But let's let's get here." And uh, some of the things that were going on at the time were we have been having a church out in the parking lot, and so the sound system was kind of uh, taken apart. And uh, parts of it were uh, just ready to go outside on the weekends. And uh, the uh, nursery and uh, Kay had uh, sort of taken the things of the nursery and pulled them all out and put them here in the sanctuary so that uh, she could uh, then arrange to have the carpets cleaned in there. And so that really wasn't ready to start back up. And uh, I had a little bit of a desire to uh, do some uh, lighting and some different things on the stage here, so that, that really wasn't ready. And then for a moment there, I said, hey, you know, we've had all of these times, uh, all of this downtime, and uh, so what did we do with it? Were we really preparing to get back, or were we just kind of uh, riding along, you know, kind of enjoying this uh, freedom that we had? And then kind of made me think, okay, what exactly are we accomplishing? What am I accomplishing with this freedom that some of us have entered into? I know that some of you are working harder and more hours than you have in the past, and, uh, but for some of us, we really need to ask, uh, what are we accomplishing and doing with this extra free time uh, that uh, we have on our hands? And so I have some questions that I want to put in front of you, and uh, here's the first question. The first question is this. Have you been reading your Bible? Have you read your Bible in the last month? I've challenged you the last couple of sermons to uh, be engaged in a regular Bible reading time. And uh, this is what I'm not talking about. Uh, this is what I mean when I say, have you read your Bible in the last month? Uh, have you read it at least, have you read at least one chapter in your Bible by yourself? Not as a part of a lesson or preparation for any kind of an activity that you might be involved in or any kind of a class that you might be taking online or not as a part of a sermon, uh, not, a, not, not a part of a lesson that you might be teaching, but just for you, have you read your Bible in your free time at all in the last month? Next question. Have you prayed in the last month? Meaning, and not before a meal or uh, just as you drift off to sleep, but a specific time that you have set aside for the sole purpose of talking to God. And maybe you have more free time right now than you have had in a while. What are you doing with that time? What are you going to be accomplishing uh, with that time? Next question. Have you acknowledged a specific sin in your life? In the last month, you've done some reflection, some evaluation. Maybe you've identified a sin in your life that you know God wants out of your life. And are you making a regular conscious, conscious decision to be asking for help and getting that out of your life? The next question is this. 
Do you feel that you have a deeper personal relationship with Jesus today than you did a year ago? A year ago. Again, our whole world kind of came to a stop. And then it, it was kind of like going off to, you know, one of my kind of childhood heroes, Evil Knievel. Um, I've got pictures of him in my office, and, and he's kind of part of my Facebook page here. Uh, but you know what he would do is he would kind of run up to the end of the ramp and he would stop. And he'd back down and run up again. But eventually he would just kind of have to commit. And then uh, for a time, uh, you're just kind of free-floating. And I've had that experience uh, several times in my life with my motorcycle where you're, you're free-floating. And, and time kind of goes in slow motion when you're, when you're free-floating up there. And you're kind of looking at the landing. And you're kind of making adjustments. And how, what's going to happen when I actually, when my tires hit the ground down there? And, and the whole country is kind of moving forward. And then all of a sudden it kind of went off of a ramp. And then it's free-floating. And maybe we're in this place where we're free-floating. And where are we going to land? And what is that going to look like? And what are we doing with this time between now and then? And, and all of a sudden it's going to kind of come to an end and you're going to have to go back to work for the first time. And, and all these things kind of get poured into our life. And so this morning really what I want to talk about is uh, how do we get motivated? How do we get motivated in this time to better work on the person that Christ is calling us to be? Here's what Proverbs uh, says, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 23, it says, The desire, the desire, the want to of the righteous ends only in good, but the hope of the wicked only in wrath. And so I guess I would ask you, uh, how's your want to? And maybe write this down in the bulletin. Find a reason to want to. Find a reason to want to be closer to Jesus. Here's what I know is that uh, when we want to do something, we can accomplish something. Uh, sold our house, right? And uh, initially when we signed the first contract, we said we, uh, this was in March, and we said we we're going to be out by uh, the end of May. We're going to be out by the end of May. And then through a uh, series of circumstances, uh, we wanted to put an offering on a house, and so we went to the people buying our house and said, could we move the closing date up to the end of April, but then we'll rent back our house from you. So we'll uh, be able to have our house and have our, uh, the equity out of it and have our down payment, but then we'll rent it back from you. And then we had all of this time, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks before we needed to be out of the house. And so they agreed, yeah, let's close on the 30th. And then through another series of circumstances, uh, on April 10th, uh, we uh, decided that we wanted to be out by April 29th. And so we went from having uh, two and a half months to, uh, to kind of having uh, 19 days to get everything packed out of our house. And guess what happens when you make up uh, your mind that in 19 days you're going to move out of your house? You get to work. And immediately, what you do is let's find some boxes, let's get them in here, let's get some wrapping stuff. And my wife is diligent, she's just wrapping things up and putting it in boxes and putting it in boxes. And I'm on the phone, you know, U-Haul, I'm going to need a truck, I'm going to need four storage units over there, I'm going to need some people, some faithful people are going to show up and they're going to help me They kind of get all of this done. And in 19 days, uh, we went from just kind of living comfortably in our home to packed up 100%, uh, you know, 200 miles away, everything is stored. But when you want to accomplish something, you can accomplish something. When you don't want to accomplish something, generally you don't accomplish. 
And so how is your wanting? How is your wanting when it comes to growing in your relationship and becoming the person that Jesus wants you to be? I want to give you a couple of reasons to have a strong want to. Reason number one is this. Be better for you. Be a better you. To be a better you is a good reason to have a want to to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Do you have a clear conscience? Do you ever feel like, uh, I could probably do better? I could probably be better. Can you kind of wrestle with that? Here's what Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 says. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true, proper worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve. Then you're going to be able to test and approve. Test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know your conscience? Your conscience, uh, when you feel like I should be doing better for Christ, I, probably I should be in my word, doing the word a little bit more. Probably I should spend some more time in prayer. I should be doing that. I know I should be doing that. And your conscience is pulling you. That's God. That's God through the Spirit. And He's kind of drawing you to be your best you, the person that He intends for you to be. He's pulling on you and tugging on you. And so when you become, when you do those things and you renew your mind and you pour your mind into those things, then you can test and approve what God's will is. What is God's will for your life? You want to test and prove. Uh, this is finals week for a lot of college students this, this week. A lot of college students uh, online, maybe they're going to be taking uh, final exams. And uh, you remember, maybe maybe you remember and had that experience, what that was like when uh, you would study and you would study and you would study and you'd go in there and you'd think, Pretty sure I got this, but I'm not sure I got this. And you see the question, of, yeah, I got this one. And maybe you, you put that answer down, and, and then you get your, your test score back, and you're like, hey, I did it. I passed. You know, I don't have to do this one again, right? And it, it's exciting. And, and, and you take the test, and then you get that, that feeling of and approved, tested and approved. And, and so when we pour ourselves into being who Jesus wants us to be, we spend time in the Word and in prayer, and then we begin to uh, kind of line up our life with the will of God and test and approve and test and approve. And I can feel better about who I am because I know that I am walking in the footsteps of Jesus. Test and approve. You better uh, you another a reason to kind of maybe you feel like you just went off that ramp and you're, and you're just kind of moving through what do you do at that time? I say get closer to Jesus. That all of a sudden that, that stopwatch is going to end and you're going to be going back to work. And, and if not being better because you feel like you want to be better for Christ, here's, here's another reason. Be better for others. Be better for others. Acts chapter 2. Jesus has been living on earth and uh, he ascends back into heaven and he turns his entire church over to the apostles and, and the church begins to grow and develop. And, and so what did they do? What did they do? Well, according to Acts uh, chapter 2 verses 42 and verse 47 says, they, they devoted themselves. This is the people that they wanted to be. They devoted themselves 
to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and, and to prayer. That's, that's what they did. And then in verse 47, there's this kind of, this footnote gets slid into this conversation that says, enjoying the favor of all the people. People like them. They made up their minds that we're going to live the way that Christ wants us to live. And people were looking at them, and they were watching them, and they were observing the way that they lived. And, you know, and the people came to a conclusion. They've got something. I want that something. What do they have? They said, we have Jesus. And we want to tell you. And then it just goes right on in those next verses. It says, and there were thousands of people that, that heard the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ and saw the transformation that took place in people's lives and people came together and they were better for others as well. People saw that. In fact, Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. In the same way, let your good deeds shine. Let them shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. What do we do with our extra free time? Pour ourselves into Christ so that I can be better and so that others can be benefactor of my betterness as I become more like Jesus. And so how do we do that? How do we have a, a time in our life that we set aside uh, to be better for Jesus? We develop a quiet time. And so <clears throat> let's talk about how to begin a daily quiet time. Uh, some simple steps here, some of the stuff we've talked about before, but uh, select a specific time. The best time to do a quiet time is when you're good to go. Uh, I'm kind of a slow riser, and when I first get out of bed, I, I, uh, I'm not ready to kind of hit the ground running. That's not my time. Some of you are early risers, and you like to uh, kind of jump out and spring forward, and you're ready to go, and maybe that's a good time uh, for you, and that would be a good time for you to have a devotional time, quiet time for you, whatever time. Some of you, that's lunch time. Whatever time is best for you, select that time to have a quiet time. Um, and do this. So, when you have your time, here's some things that you want to do. How long should your quiet time be? Uh, there's three guidelines here. The first guideline is this. Uh, start with 15 minutes and then kind of let that grow. But don't watch the clock. Don't be obsessed with the clock. Um, uh, maybe you can uh, set a timer uh, for 15 minutes and set that there and just kind of let that uh, run. And then also, now you don't even know what time it is. You know, that's kind of like you know when 15 minutes is done. And so don't watch the clock and, and emphasize kind of quality. Sometimes you can read something in scripture and all of a sudden, you know, two verses in, you've got it. And then you feel like, oh man, I need to work on that. And then you can be good. Done. Sometimes it, it takes you maybe an entire chapter. You just kind of move forward in that. But select a time of day that would work well for you to get into scripture. Study. Pray. Number two, choose a specific place. Specific place. That's what Jesus did. Luke 22, 39. Jesus left the city, went as he usually did to the Mount of Olives to pray. And the important factor there is that uh, he had a place that he would go. And uh, some of you, maybe uh, during this time, uh, you have more time with your children than, than maybe you even kind of want right now. <laughs> And uh, uh, I think maybe some of you have seen that meme that's on Facebook and somebody had written uh, on the back of their, their window of their suburban that said, uh, uh, you enjoyed, you told me you enjoyed my kids. You lied. <laughs> you know, kind of writing that note back to the teacher. 
maybe you feel like uh, there's not a, a place that you can go and be alone, but maybe maybe there is. Maybe there is a closet in your house where you can just kind of uh, go and sit and be alone, and, and that can be your sacred place where you can meet up uh, with Jesus. Mark chapter 1, verse 35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a solitary place where he prayed. So have a time of day. And then have a place where you can go. You can study and learn to read. Number three, gather the resources you'll need. First thing you want to make sure you have with you is a Bible. And, uh, for a lot of us today, our Bible is our phone. We've got all the translations that are in there. You go to you version, and you can even uh, just kind of tap on the, the verse or the chapter you want to read, and it'll read it to you on an audio version of it. And so uh, I challenge you if you can if you can take your phone with you and it doesn't become a distraction, uh, do that. But if it's a distraction, don't take your phone and just uh, bring a good old fashioned uh, Bible that's just got real paper pages and print it out and, and take that with you. And then um, maybe you'd want to take a, a, the kind of Bible it would be there's an NIV study Bible, a life application a Bible, there's a serendipity study Bible, or, or maybe you take a, a commentary uh, with you, and all these kinds of uh, tools you might uh, want to bring with you. Take a Bible, uh, take a notebook, something that you can write with. And if you can write notes on your phone and that's not a distraction, you'll write them there. Otherwise, uh, you want to bring something to write with because if uh, <clears throat> you ever get distracted, ever. You know, you start reading through Scripture, and, you know, three verses in, you know, wow, I never saw that crack in the wall before, right? You just all over the place. And so you bring it, you bring something to write with in a notepad, because as you're reading through, all of a sudden, oh, you know what? Uh, we didn't take our address off of Amazon, so the automatic dog treat delivery is going to come to our home address, and we can fix that, and we'll see where was I? And, and so what we have to do is have something that we can write our distractions down, and we'll get back to them. You know, I'll, have to, I'll write it down, and I can let that one go, and I can get back over here. Wow, you know, I never really thought about this passage of scripture like that. I want to get to the end of the chapter, but I'm going to make that note over here, and then I'll come back, and it just kind of helps me stay. It's, it's kind of like there's a guardrail here, and I'm just going to keep throwing stuff over that side of the guardrail, but I'm going to keep me on, on this side of the guardrail over here while I can and be focused. Maybe you take some songs with you. Take some songs with you. And maybe that's, uh, you know, you just watch those on, on YouTube on your phone, or, or maybe you, you know, have that uh, playlist that's on your phone, or whatever that might be. Or, you know, some of you guys, you just dust off the eight tracks. So uh, bring those things with you that you will need in order to have a quiet night. You gather your resources. Then you do this. Number four, begin with the right attitude. Or bring an attitude of reverence into your quiet time. Bring an attitude of reverence into your quiet time. That Psalm chapter 46, verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Isn't that hard to be still? Be still and know that I am God. Have a sense of expectation, expectancy. I set this time aside and this place aside, and I bring my Bible with me. And I'm not just doing this because I know that I should, but I do this expecting 
that I am going to be prompted by the Spirit to be more of the person that Jesus wants me to be. Psalm chapter 119, verse 19. Open my eyes to see the wonderful things in your word. You'll have a sense of willingness, a willingness to obey. You'll be convicted. You'll reflect. You'll remember things you said, things you've done. Uh, you'll be filled with guilt about things you know you did that you shouldn't have done. And you just have to go into that time saying, God, we're going to do business. Clean that up. We're going to huck it out the door. We're not going to worry about that anymore. A willingness to obey. John chapter 7, verse 17. Whoever is willing to do what God wants will know. I want to do what God wants me to do. He's going to help me know what that is. Finally, do this. Follow a simple plan. Follow a simple plan. Here's a 15-minute plan for a quiet time. Uh, number one is this. Relax. Spend one minute relaxing. Be still. Be quiet. It's hard to be just silent for one minute. That's hard to do. Because your mind's going to fill up with things. But just breathe in and breathe out for a minute. Say, God, I'm preparing myself to hear from you. I just want to be quiet. I want to be still. I want to feel you with me. I want to know that your presence is with me. And just have, I just relax for a minute. Then do this. Read for four minutes. Read for four minutes. This is a, a simple plan for a 15-minute quiet time. Read for four minutes. Read until you feel that God has told you something. Then stop. Sometimes that's a couple of verses in, like I said. Sometimes it takes a chapter, uh, whatever it takes. But read until you feel like, okay, God has just communicated something to me, and this is an area I don't, I don't quite uh, have this one down in my life, and so then I'm going to move on uh, to step number three. Reflect for four minutes. Part of reflecting is memorizing, kind of rereading through that text, maybe making some notes and, and kind of uh, saying to yourself, okay, where, where would God have me apply this? Uh, with my spouse, with my children, with my co-workers, you know, where, where exactly is this going to live out in my life? And then step number four, record, record for two minutes. Uh, write it down, make a, listen to this, write out a personal application that is practical and measurable. Practical and measurable. Practical and measurable. Um, you know, we might know people from you know our college days that we have not seen in a long, long time. And so our practical step might be to, uh, to pray for them. But how do we know if that has been measured or not? Maybe we need to call them and have a conversation with them. Uh, how do I know if I am uh, becoming uh, more spiritually mature in any area without sort of having some kind of accountability or measurement in that? And so that might mean or require somebody to come alongside you and you say, my goal is to read through the Bible this year. Is it practical? Is it measurable? And if, you don't, if nobody's kind of going on that journey with you, it's easy to drop that and nobody ever knows and you and hide that from yourself and play those games yourself. You bring some other people into it. And so you kind of write those things down. You come up with those steps. Practical, measure step by. Make your requests. Requests. Talk to God about what he's showing you. And then you can ask God to intervene in other people's lives and in your own. And you can sing songs. You can listen to more music. 
you can ask God to continue to motivate you and push you towards becoming the person that you want to be. Now, I can remember several times we, we had some fantastic ramps that we built our dirt bikes. And Dave, you just be going towards that thing, and you just knew you, you just get this, and you kind of kind of preload, you kind of push down just a little bit so that the, the shocks just kind of help you launch off of the end of that thing, and and you, you, your mind just race when you're up in the air and you're flying. But you're out there, and you're looking forward to landing. A lot of times you wanted to land, and you wanted your back tire to hit hard, because as soon as you would land, you would loop right back around to see where your tire hit, because you wanted to know if you went farther than you did last time when you jumped. And here we are, and the whole country kind of jumped. What are we doing while we're soaring? Are we soaring with Christ? Are we going to land in a place where we're further along spiritually or not? It's our goal. Why would we study scripture? Why would we study the Bible? Many of you know this. Here's why you would study the Bible. The Bible is true. It is truth. There are people out there that say, I don't know if there is a God. And what I believe in is science and not God. And you can't prove God, but you can prove science. And I would challenge you on that. I would challenge you on that. I would challenge you on that. If you've been paying any attention to the news at all, if you've been paying attention to the experts and the scientists that are following all of the events of the COVID, have you, have you heard any of the scientists disagree with one another? Have you heard any of the scientists contradict uh, one another? Now, I believe with all my heart they are well-intentioned and that they want to do good and they're not trying to do harm, but can you really, really point to any one scientist anywhere on planet Earth and say, that is the person that I fully want to put all of my faith and all of my trust and all of my hopes and all of my fears and all of my expectations. That individual right there is the one that I trust. Can you do that with any of them? That's why we trust scripture. Because over time, it has proven itself to be right and true. And God is its author through the Holy Spirit, through many, many different authors over many, many years. It has proven itself to be true. Spend time in the Word. Spend time in prayer. When the clock start, stops or when the ticker stops and all of a sudden we're going back to work and back to reality and back to normal, whatever normal is going to look like when we go back there, will we look back on this downtime and say, I capitalized on it. I used it well. I'm closer to Christ now than I have been. Maybe ever, maybe ever before in my life. Father God, uh, there are people that are uh, listening to this right now. They're not quite sure how to connect with you. Father, I ask that you would help them to reach out to a friend, or reach out to uh, maybe this church, Countryside Church. Father, for those of us that know who you are, I ask that you would convict us, draw us to you, help us to reach out to others, that we might help others be the people that you call us all to be. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.